Craft Beer Radio, episode 237, on February 9th, 2013. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where we hope you haven't been waiting too long for our last name. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I am... You're uh, so clever. I am Gregor Vies. This is uh, Geoffrey Berrier, and we are... <laughs> okay. <laughs> And we are doing Crafty Radio for episode 237, right? Yes, we are. Um, grab bag of beers tonight. This one, first one, is a widely available beer. Goose Island's 312 or 312 or... 312, because it's named it's after a, it's the area, area code, code, right? And I think most places call the area codes by like 412, yeah, 312. Yeah, ours is 412 here, or 724. This is, uh, they call it an urban wheat, which uh, uh, would, might make you think it's black, but it's not. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's a, you know, just a regular old American wheat ale. Uh, 4.2% alcohol by volume, 20 IBUs. we got some yeasty dregs here that we're going to add after okay. we taste it. Uh, it is hopped with Liberty and Cascade and malted with two-row and torrified wheat. So yeah, this is this is their basic offering, right? This is their um, spotted cow. This is their uh, honkers uh, ale might be their flagship, but okay. this is up there. This is yeah. one of their this is their fat tire. Their um, what's the name? Texas. <laughs> their shiner. Shiner. Yeah, the shiner Bach. So well, some are better than others. I mean, like, this is the president's favorite beer? Yeah, and, and so. you know, like, uh, what's what's Great Lakes? Number, you know, what's their thing? It's Dortmund or gold. <laughs> so some are awesome. So you, mm-hmm. you can't hold the fact that it's their big biggest seller against them. Right. So it's a wheat beer. Um, it pours fairly clear if you're careful with pouring it. There is definitely a lot of yeast in the bottom mm-hmm. of the bottle. And we figure we'll just taste it without much yeast. And I left a little bit left in the bottle where we'll cloudy up the beers after a sniff and a sift beer. Uh, nice fresh straw, uh, lemon grassy aroma. Real, it's got a real wheat character to it. A real mm-hmm. nice, clear, clean, crisp wheat character. There's a little bit of of cooked vegetables or something. Maybe a touch of corn or something like that. I'm getting a little bit of, of sulfur on the nose, just a touch. But other than that, but what Greg said, a lot of wheat. I almost got something a little bit fruity. At first, I thought a touch of strawberry, but I I wasn't able to go back and smell it again. There's something. There's some DMS in there. Okay. There's definitely a little. Um, it it's. Okay, I need to take another sip here because mm-hmm. it it has a really interesting ending to it. See, I'm not tasting anything too corny or anything like that. I think it tastes pretty good. It's pretty. I mean, without the yeast, very light beer, nice summertime drinker. But it has a good flavor to it. It has a. It has you know, it doesn't have too much of that wheat flavor. There's a little bit of graham cracker or something going on in there. Yeah, but uh, there's a little bit of. I think the DMX actually works here because it, it it blends into. What I think is coming out of it is something is going on with the hops. They give it almost a, a, a kind of minty, uh, not not quite mint, but a little, but but, really, but nice sweet aftertaste that that builds up on this. It's interesting. It doesn't finish dry at all. Okay, so now it's a lot cloudier. It looks like your heavy bites in now. We um, sort up the sediment, dosed our glasses with it. Oh, yeah, that's way better. That's uh, okay. So what I was detecting at the end really was the yeast. Mm-hmm. The yeast okay. is 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 giving it a, a creamy character. It's, it's almost tastes kind of like a cream ale. It has something some things that I'm you know I might get in a well made cream ale. Yeah, there's um, which is not an ale made with cream. <laughs> it definitely changed the body of the beer. The beer. The carbonation doesn't appear as as sharp and as zingy as it did before. You know, all the sediment kind of makes it a lot more creamy mouthfeel wise. 
there's a bit of a I don't know. I think I want to say vanilla. There's like a vanilla type character yeah. going on through there. Maybe, you know, a little banana. Mm-hmm. Bananas and cream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's definitely there's a cream character that's coming out and being explored here. The the hopping is very light. Actually, though, the sip I just took was tasted pretty hoppy. I was getting. Uh, it tasted to me kind of like a, a spicy continental hop or something like well, that. So there's Liberty and Cascade. Yeah, I'm not too familiar with Liberty, but yeah. I mean, just the way it came across on that sip, it it reminded me of you know something Heller Tally or something. If you like if that. you can search for it, you can find it. The hops, I mean, mm-hmm. in, in in this beer, but it, it, the hops are not are, are definitely playing you know a third fiddle to to really uh, this is this is a beer that uh, at least when the yeast has been swirled up inside mm-hmm. it, it expresses the yeast most of all and then the wheat kind of comes in second uh and then i would say the hops come into play this is a beer that's about the yeast mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a nice yeast i like it. it it it's it's low in intensity with some a little bit of subtlety to it without being kind of overboard doesn't go over spicy. Yeah, it, it's not very phenolic at all. You know, it's a little estery. Mm-hmm. I think that's giving it some of the vanilla, you know, the vanilla type character. And the vanilla type character is not something you normally get out of Hefeweizen. Yeah. So the yeast is doing something pretty, you know, different than what I would normally expect from this beer. It's a pretty good beer. Now, I don't know if you're if we were supposed to put the yeast in or not. Now usually, you know, in, in a in a beer like this, if, it, if they didn't want you to put the yeast in, they'd be more than easy left to, to, to not have the yeast in the bottle. So the fact that they had the yeast in the bottle makes you think they kind of wanted the yeast in there. I mean... There was a lot of yeast in the bottle yeah. in the bottle. And you would think a place with a production line like Goose Island right. would, even if they say they didn't want to filter it, they would make sure the beer was much, much more bright before it went into the bottles. Right. If it was supposed to be more of a crystal Weizen or something like that, right? So, but the only reason why I question is because on the website, that's a clear beer that they have there. But on the website, I mean, look how the bottles lit up. I mean, that's just that's a marketing shot. That's yeah. That's just to make beer look awesome. You know, that's not to make beer look like how it's supposed to look when you're drinking it. I guess. Yeah, I guess maybe some people might be turned off by a, a cloudy glass. I'm certainly not. Not an elite beer. Nope. Okay, All right. so... Ooh, I gotta get some lemon at that at the end of that last one. Good stuff here. Yeah, we don't want to go with smoked just yet, so we'll be doing the Ithaca Beer Company Cold Front. Belgian-style amber. Interesting change in direction to go from a wheat to an amber to a belgian <clears throat> amber. but so this is a september to january beer so good luck finding it now it may be still on shelves yeah the best before notch is um beginning of february is what they have here so it's a seven point whoa seven point two percent alcohol by volume it's malted with french wheat french munich and british roasted barley they only say it's noble hops and uh, Belgian yeast. So it, it's, they say it's fermented with a Belgian farmhouse yeast. Did they do not say whether it has any uh, sugar? You know, added sugar to it. You think they might put that in the other section? And all they say is Belgian yeast. So I don't know whether this has candied sugar. It has a very very rustic, woody, woodsy type smell, uh, like a bark or something is what I'm smelling on this. Sort of fits the color, which is a, uh, a dark uh, brown with red highlights, kind of a, mm-hmm. a, a, a cherry wood, like a really dark cherry wood. Hmm. Almost like a woodshed or something. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. It needs smell, isn't it? Yeah. It almost smells like, you know, is this barrel aged or something? I mean, it has, but it, it, 
it's not like oak. It's not cherry. It, it's a very dusty, like I said, a woodshed, I think. Yeah. You know, lots of sawdust and, and bark and stuff around. Maybe some dusty, maybe a little bit of, you know, moistness. You yeah, know, dampness. a little, a little bit of of some, some kind of mold. Mm-hmm. But and there's not, there's a spice yeah. to on top of that. There's yeah. also a spice. It's uh, it's kind of like a, oh, it, again, I don't know my spices all well enough to figure out what it is, but there's this. Aromatic wood type thing yeah, going on little, as well. A little dankiness. But don't yeah. be afraid that I say mold. I mean, yeast and yeast are fungi just like molds are, so they should share things in common. But that, that really does smell interesting. I don't know if it's an air freshener aroma. No, no. <laughs> a little too rustic for that. That flavor really carries through. That, that taste, that aroma really carries through the mm-hmm. flavor too. Yeah, I wonder if it's a smoke. I wonder if it's like a smoke malt or something. Uh, French wheat, French Munich, and British roasted barley. Maybe the roast had something to do with well, it. Well, but... you know, that could have something to do with it if they were doing a more period type thing, right? Because you know, pale ales, right? The reason pale ales it was a innovation in the malting industry because before that they malted, they you know, killing the malts over fires mm-hmm. and. All the malts got dark and made brown ales, you know, and then they came with the new innovation so they could dry the malt and keep it pale and make yellow beers. So, you know, that's why, you know, if you weren't aware, that's where pale ale, you know, originates. So if they were doing a more traditional something or another with that, with that roasted malt, that might explain this flavor. I'm digging it. Um, Interesting that uh, the suggested food pairings here, which I normally don't read because they kind of, they tend to muddle up the the ideas instead of expanding them. But you mentioned smoke. They recommend smoked or roasted meats and hearty stews. And for cheese, earthy cheese like camembert or strong smoky cheeses like Moody Blue. So they, they are definitely picking out a smokiness too here. Mm-hmm. But they're not mentioning anything about smoke. Just that it has a... Uh, what they call a legendary Belgian farmhouse <laughs> yeast, farmhouse in quotes. I don't know what's legendary about it. Well, it might be a famed yeast, right? It might be a West Mall, or it might be so. That might be what they mean. But by you think legendary. they would say if it was? Yeah, they might not. But it might not be officially from, and there might be trademark mm. issues. They might not want to, you know, pitch. The I mean, they, def- they don't want to disclose what hops are in there. They just say noble. Yeah. That could so, be too. Oh no, but yeah, I, I I actually really like it a lot. I think it's got a, a lot of character for something that I wasn't I wasn't too up on. You know, I wasn't going to be. I mean, I, I you know I I bought it, but I didn't know what it was going to be like. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure it was just going to be a sugary another sugary sweet ale that doesn't really have much character to it. Mm-hmm. This is kind of in the opposite direction. This is not really sweet. It's pretty dry. And then they have this additional thing of this sort of this woodshed character to it that definitely comes through in the flavor as well. I like it. Yeah, I'm trying to think of more to say about it, but I just want to keep mentioning more of the same, and that doesn't do anyone favors. So let's see here. So if I if I look past that, what, what else is coming through? A just sort of a the character of the malt is, is almost kind of coming through like a dulce de leche. It's a is a, kind of a milky caramel. It almost okay. So let's build. I'm going to build on that a little bit. You know, the milk caramel, but almost like a little bit of it is scorched or something like that. There's a little. I don't know if astringency is the right word, but there's something that tastes like you know maybe it got burned just a little bit. You mm-hmm. know, there's a little bit okay. that kind of will help people. I think people steer people towards it a little bit more. Yeah. Okay. I I I'm with you. Um. Hmm. There's a there's a bit of a, and it comes through because of that. Farmhouse. There's a bit of a leafy character to it, a green leaf from like an oak tree or something. Yeah, I suppose. 
is predominantly the, the that mm-hmm. sawdust and bark. Yeah, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to yeah, reach down, yeah. drill down, and see what else yeah. I can get out of here. I started to get a little bit of. I thought I was like, you know, my palate was evolving as I was drinking it. It was starting. It was going to tune in. I was almost like turning the knob on the radio, and I'm like trying to tune in the station. And I thought I was getting like English barley wine or something like that. Like a, I think but but I couldn't quite tune it in. You know, there there's something kind of fennel-y in there. Okay. There's yeah, something along those lines. A little bit of fennel. Um, Mm, yeah, that's about it. Mm-hmm. Fennel's actually fennel's a good one. Now that you say that, that I'm trying to think, like maybe you know, if you like, you know, um, you like put the fennel on a frying pan, heat it up, you know, get it, get the darken a little that's bit. Best way you know? to do it. If yeah, that's me. Yeah, get the darken a little bit, right? And so it doesn't taste, you know, too licoricey, mm-hmm. right? And then. Um, I could definitely see some of that in here, or some fennel fronds might do might might do the same thing. Okay, um, and and so almost a little bit of a there's, there's a there's a bite to it that kind of leans towards sort of an alfalfa sprout type thing. There's a little, little the, the the edge of a spicy bite. Right. Yeah. That's I'm, the. I'm digging it. Ithaca cold front, Belgian style amber. All right, so do you want to do chocolate ale or smoked saison? <laughs> or oh, ale. we'll do that one. I didn't even see that one over there. <laughs> Lost track. It's going to be a five beer tonight. Okay, so our next beer is, um, well, it's it's a it's one that I haven't had. It's Jolly Pumpkins Oro de Calabaza. You haven't had this? I don't think so. I know you haven't had it in this. Package. Yeah, this is a small. This is a twelve ounce bottle, which is a, is it twelve? Might even be smaller. It's a three thirty milliliter, so eleven point seven hundred. Yeah, seven hundred fifty milliliter bottle. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if you've. I mean, I've no, had it's it. Not, it's not. It's not seven. It's three thirty. Yeah. Okay. okay. I've so, had this before. Um, I'm surprised you haven't, but it's possible. So this is more towards what I was expecting the cold front to be, if if uh, because this is this is a a called a Belgian golden. Um, Eight percent uh, alcohol by volume. It is like all Jolly Pumpkin beers aged in oak, and it is, according to the New York Times, the number one Belgian golden in the world. Really, really, Dexter, Michigan. Good. So these are new bottles. I can't think of. Oh, batch ten twenty nine, bottled on June twentieth. Um, neat little bottle. They look almost like the. Um, Golden Drock type bottles, you know, yeah, kind of stubby. Yeah, and they, good call. But they have this double little lip, you know, for decanting the beers to keep the yeast out. You know, the, the shapes; these shapes are actually functional, but not just fancy. These, you know, this shoulder and then this little lip on the on the neck there. Because uh, you know, I poured mine second. I poured it very gently, and I was watching in these two little bumps for it to start to clot up a little bit, and you could actually see what you're doing. And uh, yeah, so I kept a lot of the like. Look how cloudy the stuff in the bottom of the bottle is there. You mm. know. Mm-hmm. And this is probably a beer where we don't want the yeast in it. That would just muddy it up, and I think we want something really bright for this beer. Oh, there is definitely a another farmhouse character here. Um, yeah, and it's not just farmhouse. There, there's a bit of a um, a bread character yeah. or something like that going on. Yeah, there's it's, something bready. And. That that makes me smile. I'm not sad, yeah. but it's definitely jelly pumpkin. And I don't remember the Oro de Calabaza being a breaded beer, but maybe it's been too long since I've had it. I... Franco-Belgian tradition. Uh, yeah, they don't say much. They on tell their me site. what the taste, and then they say wild yeast. Cheers and it won the gold medal for French and Belgian ale in the twenty five GABF. All right. Let's smell it. Really big Brett nose. You're getting some some tang. You're getting something. I I I, I'm, I, I fear that I I use leathery too much when I talk about Brett. No, leathery works. 
but I fear that it's like a catch-all, right? Oh, it's bread, it's leather. Um, well, I mean, it is. The only reason why it's a catch-all is because it is. Like, you know, it's, it's like stereotype. There's a reason why stereotypes happen. There's a reason why you, we gravitate towards these words, and that's because they, they describe it aptly. It, it is leathery. It does have this characteristics of, of wet leather. It's not super specific, mm-hmm. but it's specific enough to give people an idea. So I, I'm not against leathery. Okay. But there's a lot more. So I want to try to dig some more. So there's a little bit of, you know, citric, you know. Um, so it's more grape. lime than lemon, I would say. Lime. You know, again, here's, here's an overloaded term, right? We use grapefruit so much for hop flavor. Yeah. But the citric fruit flavor of it you know there's a little bit of grapefruit going on here but it's so it's not anything I'm like not, i'm smelling more lime than i am grapefruit to be honest with you i'm really not picking out grapefruit grapefruit is is more towards pithy hmm. no um, i'm i mean i'm not just reaching i'm definitely smelling like a, a a grapefruit like a fresh you know fresh fruit pulp you know fruit meat uh from grapefruit we agree disagree Hmm. And then there's, you know, the, the the other part that, you know, it's it's just classic. It's either classic bread or actually, no, it's not classic bread. It's more classic jolly pumpkin because, you know, a lot of breaded beers can can just be a drier leather and a little flat. And this one has a lot of extra volatiles going on there. And words, yeah, it's, it's considerably fruitier. Or, yeah. You might expect uh, there's. There's a sort of a, a potpourri of, of little tiny fruits that are sort of so if if you if you imagine like okay so here, here's how here's how I would picture it imagine that imagine a graph or imagine a line and there's a big bump in it in the middle of the line that that signifies breadiness right and and the, the you know the bread character other character and, and in some breads it's just that's all you get is that bump but here it's like on the sides. There are little, it's little jumps, little jumps, little slight perturbations on either side that are just the fruity characters. Mm-hmm. So there's other things surrounding the big spike in the middle. I don't know when if that you, when you really stick your nose in there and breathe a lot, you do start picking out some other other things. You know, I think I'm getting watermelon rind. Watermelon rind. See, I was going like something something a little more exotic, tropical, like maybe mango. I was thinking like. Kiwi or passion fruit, something like that. Yeah, passion fruit. I'd go with kiwi. It's been a while. Um, this is one of those beers. That just you just want to stick your nose in the snifter <laughs> yeah. and smell. And, and uh, you know, we were doing it for this long because I just wanted to. I wanted to try to you know point out mm-hmm. that it has that. Those perturbations you were talking about. It's certainly, it's not like I could think of some, you know, breaded beers where they, they're kind of dull. You know, they have that wild flavor, but it's just kind of a dull. And this is the opposite of dull. This is, you know, you're getting your your money's worth. You're getting the mileage out of out of the bread in this one. I hope so. We haven't even tasted it yet. We're just we're just enjoying the, the well, nose I mean, of the beer. If this beer tastes muddy and dull after yeah. smelling like that, that would be crazy. It would just blow my head. Oh my! It's a lot going on there. The fruit, the 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 the, the tropical fruits really come through. Ooh, wow! Oh, especially at the end. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's there's a bunch of different things. There's there's the fruits and and the watermelon rind that Greg mentioned. I taste that. I taste you know, uh, a bit of of underripe strawberry. You know, that's I guess close to the watermelon rind. Mm. I taste. Um, Passion fruit. Now I'm getting, the, I'm getting, I'm getting cocoa. Actually, like you took a second sip, and it was it was a wave that came on, like right when you took your second sip. So it might take you a while to taste okay, it, but I got okay. this little cocoa bump. You know, it just it's one of the it's one of those beers where I had it, two distinct bumps in the aftertaste, where something came like basically they're on my taste buds, and it was almost like you know. There's a delay getting to your brain, right? And it's like, and like this just in from the taste buds. We got cocoa, you know, that kind of thing, you know. I think I caught it there as you were talking. I think it, it wasn't quite, it wasn't like 
chocolate bar. Mm-hmm. It was a little like dusty. Yeah. A Coke. Yeah, 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 yeah. There was that. There was there was a component of that flavor. So it wasn't the whole thing, but it was a component that was recognizable that that pulled you back into that cocoa idea. But there's a lot of melon here. Uh-huh. There's a lot of um, a lot of different melony stuff. I wouldn't go into. Uh, the squashes so much as I would stay with sort of cantaloupe, stay with uh, honeydew, that sort of thing. In in the end, yeah, but the legs on this beer, the story that it tells after you've yeah. swallowed it. I mean, like two distinct waves of different sensations came over me. And when I take the sip, are you getting like a little burning on your tongue or anything like that? Like I'm getting like a on the on my tongue, I'm getting like a a physical sensation, like a tingle or something. Even I'm getting like all kinds of like it's just sensory, like That's crazy called carbonation, Jeff. No, no, different, different from carbonation. Like after the carbonation is long gone, you're still getting like this physical sensation on the tongue. I, I normally get that with like a, an arrogant bastard where I feel a weight on my tongue. Uh, I, I don't necessarily feel that. Well, it's almost like the, you know, like the acidity of the wild yeast is kind of like you know doing something like eating your tongue or something like that. <laughs> like, um, you know, like, lawfully, like, you know, makes your cheeks raw, right? I right. mean, not to that level, but, you know, I'm kind of getting something like a, like a physical, you know, change to my flesh. Like, I'm just feeling like a little zzz on my tongue. This is, this is quite a beer. There's no question about that. I'm, I'm not sure I would disagree with the New York Times because of all the quote-unquote Belgian golden ales, this is my favorite. By far, oh, it, it it's good. It 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 has performance enhancing drugs though. It has the the wild yeast, yeah. you know. But so. it, you know, but it's it's because you know, Belgian gold nails. So you think you know a sweet, you know, mm-hmm. the half a triple type beer, and this is this is not that at all. This is no. I mean, there's a, it's as complex or more. You know, it's not like half of anything. Uh, it's very. Very good, and I want to I want to kind of dig into it some more here and try to come up with some more descriptors. I like your picking out of the tropical things. I don't know if I would have pulled that immediately, and you you were right on that. And the more I taste, the more I'm getting mango, mm-hmm. and the more I'm getting, like you said, the passion fruit. Mm, kiwi, like I said, it's it's been such a long time since I've really had a kiwi that I I can't pull that one. Oh, it doesn't goodness. quite go into pineapple. So but it, if it goes to pineapple, it goes to like dried sugar. Yeah, pineapple. It's, it's ranging in that area without actually going there. It's like dehydrated sugared pineapple. It's not like fresh pineapple yeah. at all. It's a lot sweeter. Or considerably. It it has the it doesn't have that pineapple acidity to it. Do you remember it being this good? You said you've had it before. Do you remember no, it being like this? I, I don't I also don't remember it being, you know, a tangy, funky, you know, beer. I remember it being more of a straightforward beer. But after having this, I will definitely try it much more opportune opportunities than I have in the past. I wonder if it came from the oak. And I wonder if, if the batches might you know well, might have a difference to them. So here's the... here's a description. Spicy and peppery with a gentle hot bouquet and the beguiling influence of wild yeast. Yeah, that that's... doesn't say Brett to me. Okay. Aged in large oak casks. Large oak casks. Now it's probably buggy oak casks. Mm-hmm. You know, it's probably their oak that has its own ecosystem in there of Brett and and other. And maybe that's why it's so bright. Maybe it's not just Brett. Maybe there's some other Belgian bugs and wild yeasts mm-hmm. going on there. You know, I you know I think there's some. Um, and it may be that the believe, more recent batches are better than than the older batches. Well, I mean, it, it's a it's an evolving thing, right? Yeah. The, the barrels evolve, and especially the more you use it. And yeah, after you get a, a live barrel like that, you're not extracting oak flavor. You're putting it in the barrel for the the little you know yeah. the little bugs in there that are doing all the wonderful things to it. Uh, I believe you know that they use they have some spawn. I mean, he's been making wild beers up in Michigan for so long. There has to be some local wild yeasts that have infiltrated the barrels, right? I think he's done some spontaneous stuff there, but I'm not sure. And, you know, he, you know, think of um, La Roja, right? That's more of a Flanders, right? So he right. definitely has access to, 
you know, those kinds of yeasts as well. You know, you get something a little more vinegary, something a little more tart. And I mean, okay, if this were infected with bread, that would be like rolling our hundred-sided die and getting a hundred in order to get character like this. Oh, sure, absolutely. So, so this is clearly intentional, and it's it's shocking how good Jolly Pumpkin can be at this, because almost all their beers I love, and there's been one or two that I really didn't like, but this is this is yeah, fantastic. This is this is up there with like the the that amazing beard, like the first time the we had beard, beard Mars, Yeah, the first time we had it when it like it just blew our heads open. You mm-hmm. know, um, this is. Almost as good, you know. This yeah. is a this is a world class beer. <laughs> this this is absolutely fantastic. I I just I love it. If if you're new to this sort of style, to sort of breaded beer, it may take the first one or two sips to kind of get past a little bit of the leatheriness, to 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 let all the other flavors in. But believe me, it, they they will come in. Yeah, it, it all depends. We've had this discussion a lot, but if you like dry wines, dry red wines, it's not a big leap. Yeah, to this. No, it's true. It, it's a lot of, you know, the 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 feel of your tongue. Although I would, I would say that they tend to be more clovey, and mm-hmm. and, and more in that direction. I mean, dry red wines. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's not it's not much of a leap. It's true. You need carbonated, and it has. Some of the, but I could think of I could think of some red wines with you know some some you know tropical fruit flavors. I can think of some white wines with tropical yeah. fruit flavors too. But that you know, and then the dryness versus you know the the acidity in this you know kind of pair off with each other. And I could you know, so I don't think it's a leap. And you know, we've talked a lot about how you might have a hard time getting people to drink sour beers, right? But you know. Wine drinkers seem, and you know, and also women, you know, because think like, oh, women, or they want something sweet and fruity. Uh, not, not always the case. You know, we've seen a lot of evidence that you know, some women who you might not, they don't like the bitter. This isn't bitter. You know, this is sour or tangy, tart. You know, mm-hmm. and and, you, and fruity. And it's almost an errant assumption that yeah. that's hard to learn to like. You know. Um, you know, I, I've had experiences in the past. Like my previous job, we I travel a lot. I take a bunch of coworkers to bars, and basically, I was the sommelier. I, I would order the beers, and I would always try to end the night or late in the night with you know a sour beer. And almost everybody, I mean, eighty-five to ninety percent of the people, like never had sour beer in their life, and they took to it right away. You know, it, it's not something you have to. It's not like coffee. You don't have to learn to like it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, as long as you like beer somewhat, right? I guess that's the one prerequisite. <laughs> not well, not <laughs> somewhat of a prerequisite. There's there's somewhat of a pre- there's ways around that too. Yes. But yeah. but if all you ever drink is milkshakes, <laughs> you right, might not right. like a sour beer. But like I, I got my aunt to love, and it's not quite it's not the same thing, but it's um, uh, Lindemann's frambos, and I got her mm-hmm. to, to like, even though she she only likes. These awful boxed white Zinfandel or pink Zinfandel mm-hmm. things are just these, you know, these wines with like sugar added and mm-hmm. they're, just, they're just sweet. And that's the only wine she liked. Mm-hmm. And yet I was able to get her to like a beer. She said she didn't like, like any of beers. She would never like any of beer. And she liked that beer. So there's a route mm-hmm. because beer sure. is such a wide open. I, I don't want to draw any hard rules. Actually, I started out because I wanted to show that it wasn't as much of a barrier as. Yeah. I had thought at one point, and as some, you know, and it would not be unusual for people to come to that conclusion that oh, you have to learn to like sour beers. Which one do you want to do first, chocolate or smoked saison? It's hard to say which one. It's hard to say what's the best palate order. You know, let's let the dice decide. Okay, okay. so a low roll will be chocolate. So how many sides? Twenty. The twenty side die. Okay. So. A low roll will be chocolate, and a high roll will be smoked saison. So uh, anything over ten. 18. Smoke stays on. It is. Should have went big. You should have rolled the 100 side. <laughs> the 20 is enough, really. Okay, so this is... Okay, so actually, this helps us, because if you didn't listen to the pre-show, uh, 
we had Jamie, uh, our Jamie, our fan Jamie, uh, on, and he told us about the evil twin issue that we had last time. Where, where, where the heck is evil twin from? Is it Nebraska? Right. Well, what's going on? If, you know, so the first time I recently that I've heard of evil twin was on our New Year's show, and Jamie was there. He was drinking some evil twin, uh-huh. and we had the evil twin cowboy on last show, and we couldn't figure it out. They were making beer at different places. I thought maybe they were a gypsy brewer, but I didn't actually say that on the show. Um, Jamie pointed out that they are a gypsy brewer, um, even though he, I, the the brewer's name is like J E P P E. I think it's Yepe. I think is how you say his name, and he's actually the twin brother of the brewer from McKellar. Yeah. So that's where the evil twin comes from, and he's making beer all over the place, and he's got some stuff in the works to get a Yepe Jardit. Bejerze. There you go. <laughs> See, I was going to stay away from from names. I was just going to say he's the uh, twin brother of the brewer at mm-hmm. McKellar. <laughs> that's easier. Um, so that's the story about um, about uh, Evil Twin. And still, if you look at their website, they make an obscene number of different kinds. But of there's beer. also, and we we had talked about in the post show, Stillwater, which is also a you were thinking saying of of gypsy brewer or started as a gypsy brewer? I didn't say I'm not sure I didn't say anything about that. I said I was confused by the names because when I'm okay. sure the first time or the first couple times I heard Stillwater, I was thinking Sweetwater. And, you know, the ones in Georgia. And, you know, the guys the beer that's on The Walking Dead. <laughs> and um I had found out recently that Stillwater is in Baltimore, not too yes. far from here. Brian Strupke from uh, Stillwater Artisanal Ales. And from Stone Mitch Steel, they together crafted this beer called the Perfect Crime, which is a black black smoke saison, six point eight percent alcohol by volume, sixty IBUs, hopped with East Kent Golding Chinook and Cluster. So there's a high high alpha at the end there, um, and there's a distribution thing, but uh, you can look it up if you want to. Go to our Website, go to the RSS feed and click on the link. There you go. All right, so smoke saison. It's not. I, it's not a smoke bomb from the aroma. No, no. I, I am. I'm digging it because we've had basically three farmhouse fears in a row yeah. of completely different character. Yep. Uh, it, it's it's funny because yeah, the first one was. The, the the Ithaca with, with with the sort of leathery character next to the uh, the Jolly Pumpkin, which had the the Brett, and this is this is more minty, and well, it's it's a it's a different it's 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 different type of of that farmhouse. There's um. It's saisony. It just ha- it has there's, that. There's that, but um, it has you know, that hay. Maybe it's hay. There's something like that. So you mentioned minty. What if I say like kefir lime leaf? Yeah, yeah. Uh, shozo leaf stuff you get in the mm-hmm. Japanese restaurants. Okay. They put sushi on. Yeah, so vaguely related to mint. So I think now's a good time to uh to plug some things. Okay, sure. plug away. So, plug away. All right. So we use this for the next beer, by the way. Okay. Actually I'll let you open it with okay. your with your little uh Holland wooden shoe bottle opener <laughs> there. You know, we've been refocusing on, on getting um some funds for the show because we want to go to the Great American Beer Fest this year. And I've got permission from the wife to go. And it would sure be nice to help, you know, finance the the travel. So we got a few things we have. Um, you can subscribe to the podcast. This is completely a voluntary thing. You can go to our website and go to the subscribe. It, it subscribe page. is subscribe is what you do naturally. Donate is a better way to put it. Right. So you can do two things. You can do a one time donation, or you can do this PayPal subscription thing, where you can sign up for as little as twelve dollars a year, and they take out twelve dollars once a year, or you could do two dollars a month, five dollars a month. Or, you know, I've provided options to do a lot more if you're feeling particularly <laughs> generous. It's up to you. I didn't want to... If didn't, you want to be our sugar dad. I didn't want to keep people from donating as much money as they wanted to donate. Right? <laughs> so, fair. It's fair. 
also, if you don't want to just, you know, if you only like us a little and you don't want to pay us directly, but you like shopping at Amazon, we have an Amazon affiliate link. If you go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon, it'll redirect you right there. Anything you buy by going through us first will give us 4 to 6%, depending on how much yeah. referrals we got a year. Or you go to craftbeerradio.com and just click on the Amazon link, and that will do the same thing for you. Exactly. So, you know, some of the things here, a lot of this stuff is stuff Greg's bought. But <laughs> we had someone buy some some spherical ice molds. That's fun. That's awesome. Um, some Spanish reading books for kids, uh, the cat and the hat, um, in Spanish. Yeah, that's another thing you should know. We know everything you buy. We don't know who you are. We don't know who you are. So like if you say, Hey, I used your link in that month, there's only like one person who's ordered something. We'll be able to figure it out to you. But other than that, just don't tell us you ordered or, you know, if you, if you're concerned, like, um, what was on here? There was like, there was a, a marital aid on here. There was? <laughs> the island rings. Did you see what the island rings were? <laughs> that Was that... Okay, Listen, if you listen to last week's post yes, show, that yes. may have been why we got into that <laughs> discussion. Um, and then, yeah, I can see everything Greg's bought on the site. He's yeah. bought some... The dice that are sitting on the desk here. Mm-hmm. He's bought some uh, avocado oil yep. and a few other things. So... Uh, you know, this this will go directly back into um, the show, um, primarily, you know, covering travel expenses, because it's been a few years since we've been to the GABF. Yeah. Um, I have insisted, like, we get we got some money for from the Brewers Association for the past couple of years for going to Saver, and, and mm-hmm. we've pocketed that most of the time. But this year, as I insisted, go right back in the show and not into my pocket. And, I, and uh, you know, I insist we do the same thing with anything we get from donation. It will go absolutely. into the show only. Oh, so it will pay for either equipment or travel for us or that sort of thing. Yeah, and... Um... The you you wanted me to change the donation page. It mentions about giving you gas money. Yeah, and you don't and you don't want to take it for gas money. You wanted to use it for beer enhancement. So all natural beer enhancement. So none of this is going to our pockets. It's just going to make the show better. Yes. Uh, so if you feel so motivated, you can go to our website and find all those links. We also have a couple of other referrals. If you are looking for website hosts, we've got Bluehost, which is our web host, and couldn't think of a cheaper slash. For the money, you couldn't ask for more for podcast hosting. And um, Midwest Brewing Supplies. You know, if you're a Northern Brewer user, you know, maybe you want to try Midwest Brewing Supplies once. You could <laughs> click on our link and give us a little little payback. So. Yeah, maybe, you know, whatever. Uh, okay, end the plug. Yep, all end right. the plug. I just want to mark you that. You have to bang on the table with the wooden bo- shoe bottle opener. I just want to have people have a mark because, you know, some people will skip through plugs. I understand. All right, so Perfect Crime... I like it. It smells saisony and it's very dark. It is uh, really a really dark reddish brown. Uh, it's you can't see through it, but there are definitely red highlights. There's a slogan here. You didn't read this already, did you? When a black saison is opened, the black Mariah rolls. What the hell does that mean? No idea. But I like this beer. I can taste the smoke. I can taste the the saison, for lack of a better <laughs> word. Mm. Mm. Okay, so if if you took Evil Twin Smoke and you cut it by like from the cowboy, yeah, from the cowboy, and you cut it by like a tenth, <laughs> you decimated it. You took you took ten percent of it. That's what's in here. So it it's. Sl- Considerably less smoky, but there's still the same. I, I would say the same character of smoke is coming mm-hmm. through, and it's lasting a long time. It's lingering. The saison part of it. Hmm. Okay, there's an interesting kind of mushroomy quality to it, which again, yeast, mushrooms, fungus, they share similar things. Mm-hmm. I've been really into oyster mushrooms lately. I've been okay. putting those into my stews, and there's definitely a kind of oyster mushroomy uh, thing coming out of it. It's a little bit lighter than, than the cremini mushroom. Uh, I, have, I think it has interesting texture, which is why I like it uh, more. But uh, I, I think there's also a flavor component that I'm, I'm picking up here that's similar. There was a coffee we had at work. It was the Sumatra Wahana Natural. 
It's a limited release. And the thing was freaking crazy, Greg. Made a cup of coffee. It tasted like watermelon and green apple Jolly Ranchers and cremini mushrooms. It, it, <laughs> what? It was, it was like, wow, I've never tasted this in coffee before. And it wasn't disgusting. It was just fascinating. Uh-huh. It was... Um, they say that it has uh, leaving big strawberry notes. I didn't get strawberries per se. I definitely got green apple Jolly Rancher, watermelon Jolly Rancher, and mushroom, even though it wasn't... Um, actually, a few people were picked up mushroom, but a few people didn't as well. It was a very, very interesting coffee. So what are you picking out from this one? From The Perfect Crime. The I'm having a hard time with it. Putting words to it. I mean, it, it. I also don't love it, but I don't. I mean, I'm. I'm open to it, but I'm having a hard time putting words to what I'm tasting here. I mean, it has a bit of. You know, Schwarzbier going on to it. You know that that the roast, or the the the, the darkness of the Schwarzbier. Um, I like you going German for the pronunciation, or you know, German. Schwartz beer. Schwartz beer. But uh, but you you were going full German. You're gonna. I did a Schwartz. Well, I can't even do it. German. Sorry. It is a Schwartz beer. Sorry, I'm horrible at those accents. Was mine okay? Way better than mine. Okay. Like, leagues better. Like, I rolled a 2 and you rolled an 18. <laughs> oh, I'm having a hard time putting words to this. Uh, I mean, don't think I don't like it. Uh, I don't know. Let me let me try to figure it out. I think the smoke is adding an interesting dimension to the Cezanne. And I, I wouldn't say it's it's awesome. But I'm not, it's not terrible either. It, it's it's sort of um, – I think there's a really good Saison here that's a little bit a little bit kind of hidden by some of the smoke. And, and it almost would have been better without the smoke. Yeah, I think the – I think it is the smoke. It's kind of leaving a, a fog, if you will, in the aftertaste. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not anything like the cowboy was right. last week. But there's something in the, it's kind of like lingering and hanging around, and you know it's a saison. You know I I don't want to taste Swartz beer and smoke. I I want some saison in yeah, there. You know yeah. that's kind of what I'm thinking. Especially, you know, since, since we've been kind of on a French kick lately uh, in terms of the beers that we've loved, the, the and and the beers I think the brewing community is in in America is coming around to is really saisons and that sort of thing. So I, I love a, a good saison, and, and they're trying to make a good. They, they made a really good saison, and they're trying to do other stuff with it. And I can admire that, mm-hmm. and I appreciate that. I don't think this quite worked. I'll go with that, but we didn't mm-hmm. dump it out, so. It's got that going for it. No, he did not. And um, and we could have dumped it in that, I guess. So, No, those are your uh, miracle fruit seeds that I'm going to plant. Oh, no, we could have dumped it in there. I'm going to try to grow some miracle fruit. That'd be cool. I had to go online to see what to... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to try too hard. Like, if they need, like, special grow lights and stuff, then it ain't going to happen. Yeah. But I'm going to get some little potting forms, and I'll probably get them started here soon. And, I don't know, see what happens. Maybe I'll take them into work and try, Sounds good. try to grow them inside there. All right, so the uh, the next beer, probably last, is the Atwater Decadent Dark Chocolate Ale. This is... From Atwater Block Brewery in Michigan. Another New Michigan beer. Uh, no idea about it. Their website has no information. Beer Advocate has no information. Well, you know, they have... Atwater normally does their... Um... Oh, wow. <laughs> Yikes. There's a lot of well, they do the <laughs> vanilla java porter, right? Yeah. So this is kind of like the... 
partner. There's no know. mistake in the adjunct they put in this sucker. That's <laughs> it, it's it smells like Hershey syrup, doesn't it? There's a, there's a there's a cocoa, but it's just it's like Hershey syrup. It is it is strong. I mean, usually in chocolate beers, sometimes Ooh, you have maybe, to kind of maybe, search for it. Okay, so second sip, it smells a little more rich. Sip? Sniff. Sniff, I'm sorry. It smells a little more rich. I, I, I'll take back the Hershey's syrup if you thought of that as a disparaging remark. <laughs> it's somewhere between Hershey's syrup and Southern Tier Chocolat, though. It, it's a, just, it's a I can ju- just inhaling the aroma in my mouth. T- feels like it, you're tasting a beer. It tastes chocolate. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. Try it. Just go. Yeah, you can yeah. taste the beer just from the <laughs> aroma. You can seriously that taste. It's a lot of chocolate. That is a lot more than I expected. I'm kind of glad that, that we rolled an 18. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because that one wasn't crazy smoky, and this is crazy chocolate. Yeah. So. The color is pretty similar to the last one. It's a, it's a, a really dark brown with red highlights. Now, this is one that it's fun to smell, and I'm, I'm really enjoying smelling it. Not... Not on the same complexity level as the Oro de Calabaza, though. This one's just like on a mmm chocolate. Give it a taste. I went for the taste because I couldn't, wasn't going to pick anything else out of it. I thought, and uh, this is this is competing with chocolate, in my opinion, in terms yeah, of delivering it, chocolate with it, a beer. It doesn't taste artificial. Mm-hmm. Mm, actually, it, it kind of falls apart. It tastes a little like. Cidery like sugar was added. Yeah, later there's a in little the at the end. Okay, you're right. At the end, it, it goes a little toasty. More, I'm getting a little bit of you know like table sugar, like fermented like cider, and then maybe a little bit of toast at the end. At the front, it, it tastes solid, but it, it kind of falters late. Maybe yeah, maybe they. Almost in, in 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 line with the way uh, mm, was it, it doesn't it, have legs. So the second sip, it, it reminds me of like you know, like something with saccharin in it. You know, it tastes artificial. Now I'm starting to taste all kinds of artificial. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't quite match up. It doesn't it quite is is even giving it too much. It doesn't really match up. So that first sip, when you're not used to the chocolate, all your receptors go boom, 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 chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And you miss out on the, the either the extract or the artificial. But once you kind of get loaded up on the yeah. chocolate flavor, you start tasting this saccharine type thing going on. So, so what does it taste like? It tastes kind of like what? What is that chocolate? Is it carob? What is a chocolate substitute that they sometimes make? I'm not sure. It's made of saccharin, but it, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it tastes kind of chalky. Mm-hmm. Uh, it. It doesn't have the smoothness that chocolate does, it, it or or that like a, a real artisan chocolate. I, we're we're out of those chocolate bars, right? I think those are yeah, gone. they're gone. But those, you know, each of them, you, you felt the chocolate really smooth and nice, and this is just more choppy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. No legs. No legs. Sorry. I think it's time to rank. Unless you want to get another beer. Do you? Yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, behind the scenes information. We were trying to grab a beer from, or I was trying to grab a beer from the fridge and knocked two beers out. One of them was okay. One of them went bounce, bounce, crash. Bounce, bounce, pop. Bounce, bounce, pop. Yeah, bounce, bounce, pop is the best way to put it because it just <laughs> bump, bump. I thought it was going to be okay, okay, and then just went pop. <laughs> the whole thing just boo opened up, so we had to mop. Twenty-two that up. ounces of Green Flash Lafrique all over the floor. Hey, you know, I just said, you know, I think that's only the third beer that we've dropped and broken. You know what we both did though? We both left our glasses out there. Okay, let's try that again. Through the magic of radio, we're back in an instant with our glasses, and we're going to try from Williamsburg. This is uh, John Daigle sent this, right? Yes. From Williamsburg Ale Works, Cafe Royale. Thank you, John. This is a stout brewed with coffee and aged in bourbon barrels. Williamsburg Ale Works is in Williamsburg, Virginia. Sounds good to me. We've had a few beers from Williamsburg. You know, I had vacationed um, near Virginia Beach at um, 
Sandbridge a few years ago mm-hmm. and drank a lot of their stuff there, kind of the local brewery, and uh, had their barley wine, their Grand Illumination, and it was, we had it on the show, and it was very, very good. And after that, one of my coworkers had an uncle who lives in Williamsburg, and we actually had him get us a case of Grand Illumination. So I got like six bottles back in the cellar there. Yep. Well, for our barley wine show, whatever that is, we have a we have a ton of barley wines. We do. We absolutely do. It's my superpower. Okay, so Williamsburg. Uh, Cafe Royale, barrel-aged imperial coffee milk stout, uh, composed with two-row caramel and black malts, lactose, and American fuggles, with uh, available late fall, early winter, 8% alcohol by volume. It has an interesting smell. It's, it's a little coffee, it's a little really dark roast, almost like a burnt, and then you know, get a little bit of barrel in there as well. Everything that's advertised. A little bit of chocolate, but I'm wondering if that's just a remnant of the decadent, because it had such a powerful I had rinsed my glass thoroughly in the sink, so it's not a remnant in the glass. If anything, it's a remnant in our... I rinsed my glass, too. If anything, it's a remnant in our brain. (laughs) It's it's seared in there. There is a cocoa, but, you uh, you know, there's a lactose. I don't know. Now that you said that, I'm smelling a lot more cocoa. It, it, this pour is uh, dark with the the tiniest of brown highlights, I would say. I just, you know, well, it's a, it's a barrel-aged coffee beer. Right. I just took a sniff and smelled Kahlua. Like a coffee liqueur, right? So a little You're booze. on the money. A little booze, a little coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot more barrel in the flavor. A lot more whiskey. Kahlua fits. Because, especially the end. The end's nice because the oak comes back around. Mm-hmm. And it's a good oak flavor. Yeah. Um, it's not overdone. It's not too boozy. The The actual wood oak comes you know, comes around in the aftertaste. And that's a nice little touch. It's, it's, it's good. It's... Um... I recently tried again uh, breakfast out. Okay. And uh, after I left some at my sister's place, and and they didn't really like it that much, and and so they let my dad have some, and he said it kind of tastes the coffee, kind of tasted like bad work coffee. <laughs> and I had one, and I thought, you know, he's right. The coffee tastes the coffeeness was just it was like this bad work coffee flavor. It was just overburned, like. Horrible get go sheets coffee or something okay <laughs> like, like Folgers crystals. No one put the time to, to, to put any effort into making this coffee. The coffee here is more subtle, and I appreciate it better. But it's not amazing watermelon, watermelon Jolly Rancher, Jolly Rancher mushroom coffee. coffee. Yeah. yeah. It's still got... I wish I had something to let you try it. Yeah. It was wild. It's still have remnants of just, you know, a plain old coffee bean, n- nothing special kind of coffee. Yeah, the coffee's really not the, the the keynote in this guy. You know, I'm getting... You know, they mentioned lactose, so I'm getting a milk stout. Yeah. I'm getting, uh, you know... I thought I tasted whiskey early on. I'm not tasting too much whiskey anymore. I'm still getting some of the barrel. The barrel's coming through. Yeah, the whiskey, not so much. It's, made, it's, it's in a bourbon barrel, so there's going to be some bourbon essence left yeah. over. First sip, I got a good boozy punch to it, but I'm not really tasting the booziness anymore. Okay, so now, yeah, I am tasting the coffee. And the way the coffee's coming across is like it does in almost any coffee stout, where you you just, you don't get too much of, like, the volatiles out of the coffee. It doesn't taste like bad work coffee, but it, you know, it's not like, you know, if if I'm a beer snob, I am a coffee snob. You know, the, the coffee, the, the beans, you know, that I 
you know, that I use, they're, they're not all like single estate beans or anything, but uh-huh. they're, they're good, high quality beans. They're freshly roasted. They're like, you know, ground moments before I drink it, I do a single right, cup yeah. brew. So, you know, I have very high expectations. If I'm, if I'm drinking coffee, I want it to be amazing. And, uh, generally it is. And, uh, so, you know, just getting coffee flavor in a beer, that's not going to be the highlight for me. I'm with you. I mean, I think that plain old coffee flavor works better in ice cream than it does in beer. Comes across very completely differently, you know. Yeah. If you compare those two, like think of generic coffee beer versus generic coffee ice cream. Yeah, the generic coffee ice cream is a lot more enjoyable. It plays off with all mm. the components better. That leaves us with our final part of the show, which is the ranking. The time to rank the beers that we drank. Jeff. Yes. How would you rank said beers? How would I rank said beers? The one that we poured out, the... Oh, what I want to go back about the decadent. I could, I could, I'll, I'll, I'll parlay this into the rankings. Um, or I'll roll this into the rankings, at least. Um, the decadent <laughs> is the... Is the, is the uh, roll it, roll beer. it. I don't need to roll it. We're not leaving this up to chance. <laughs> I know. I know where we are. The decadent was the bottom beer. We poured it out. Mm-hmm. It, it tasted artificial. Um, that being said, it was a dollar seventy nine. That's right. almost worth the money for just smelling it and the first sip. Yeah, and if you were just after it to get drunk, not even go there. It, buy the bottle, pour it into your glass, smell it for eight minutes, take one sip, and be done with it. And that's worth a dollar seventy nine. Probably. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. <laughs> Considering how much you pay for lunch, we you know at work and stuff like that, a buck seventy nine for good flavor for one thing and beware of the second smells. sip. Yeah, though. beware of the second sip. Now all the other beers beyond that were drinkable. Uh, my my number uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. My number five beer is going to have to be the the Stone collaboration with uh, Evil Twin and Stillwater. It uh, you know I was I was cold on it. Um, in the review, I didn't have anything you know too great to say about it. Like I said, I don't like the com- I didn't like the combination of the sports beer and the saison and the smoke. It I wanted more saison, and actually, it it, it wasn't you know the the sum was less than the components. You know, I can enjoy each of those mm-hmm. invi- individually. You know, I like a good sports beer, but a sports beer with smoke or a sports beer with a saison doesn't work for me. Um, so yeah, number number five, number four. Now we're getting into good beers here. Right. You know, the, the the top four are are good beers. So like the fourth beer is gonna almost feel like a hard luck loser to me. I think I'm gonna put the Ithaca Cold Front there. Just just uh, you know, I no particular reason though. Like you know, if there's a hard luck loser, it's that one. Uh, number three. Oh, number three is really hard. I'm tossing up between the Williamsburg and the Goose Island, and I'm going to give it to the Williamsburg by a hair. I'm losing by a hair. Mm-hmm. Uh, Williamsburg is number three. You know, I like the beer. I like all these beers at this point. Um, lots of going on there. Uh, I gave the Goose Island the edge just because it had, you know, it was a clean and refreshing had good flavors to it. Had that vanilla that you don't get from a, a bites and yeast very much. Uh, enjoyed that. And then number one, clear champion, the Oro de Calabaza. You know the the awesome tropical fruits. The you know you got that breadth with the tanginess and the leathery. And then you got all those you know to make the leathery not dull. You have you know the passion fruit and and almost pineapple and mango and all those great fruits. World class beer. Uh, my rankings are very close to yours. Uh, in fact, we only swapped really one. Well, two. Um, at, at the end, at water, yeah, that just we both we both threw it out, and I'll tell you everything about it. It has really good smell, and after that, it falls apart. It, it starts tasting fake. Yeah, it it, it just it, it crumbles. Uh, Jeff had as, as we were uh, trying to get the last beer. 
uh, Jeff had a really apt comparison that we didn't get on on air, which was that it's like a like a salesman who sold you a shitty pizza, like a, a, a horrible good. It <laughs> really sold up the beer, and then it turns out to be not not really what you bought, not what you thought you bought. A company with you know fraudulent, you right, know they yeah. sell you on fraudulent yeah. books. You know it's you the buy Enron of beers. <laughs> uh, and my number five agrees with Jeff, the perfect crime. And and part of it is really because they tried to mesh together two things, like Jeff said, that shouldn't be meshed, that, that didn't work in, in, in their meshing. The smoked part, that could work. The Saison, I thought there was a really good Saison under there. And I wanted to taste that Saison more than I wanted to taste that smoke, and the smoke just got in the way. So, yeah, perfect crime. Nice try. I think there's ev- that evil twin guy... Who like his name I can't pronounce. Yippee. He's getting into things that <laughs> I, I definitely want to try no some. No wonder he's so evil. He's just screwing <laughs> things up. I definitely want to try more evil twin though. I gotta keep my yeah. eye out for them. Uh and I will look in Ohio next time I'm up there. Williamsburg is my number four, actually. It's it's it was good. I I, I like it. It it's nice and drinkable. The other three were better. I th- I think uh considerably better. So, you know, I don't think it's on the same plane as, as the last three. And for those last three, for me, Goose Island is is the hard luck loser in this case. Because I thought it was really nice and, and had some good stuff, but it, it didn't didn't match up to the flavors and the interesting stuff I was getting out of the last two. Uh, Ithaca being my number two, where Ithaca had that really, really interesting, like, woodshed kind of flavor but also had some other stuff underneath that fennel. I, I really enjoy digging into the Ithaca a lot, a lot more than I really thought I would. And, and you know, maybe it's it's the fact that it just surprised the hell out of me and made mm-hmm. me really love it. That that helps it up there. But I, I just really, I, I thought that was going to be, this may be a, a winner until I drank the Jolly Pumpkin. <laughs> and then I was like, okay. This is, like Jeff said, a world-class beer, an absolute stunner, a star of a beer, something that you know we can't recommend enough. Go out and find this beer, because if you like beer at all, you're going to love it. I-, I can't imagine you not loving this thing. It's, it- it's wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> you-, you said it. That's it. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. We are on all kinds of social media and non-social media. You can email us, beer at Craft Beer Radio. Mm-hmm. We are on Twitter, at Jeff Bear, at CBR Greg. We are on Facebook. At Craft Beer Radio as well. At Craft Beer Radio, yes. If you, yes. We are on Facebook as the Craft Beer Radio because someone else stole Craft Beer Radio because I wasn't on the ball. Uh, we're on Google Plus. It's okay, and people are going on Facebook. I mean, Facebook is losing popularity. <laughs> Who uses Facebook? No yeah, one uses Facebook. It's like MySpace, right? Uh, yeah, we got the yeah, we got the whole donate thing. Please go to our website if you would like to support us, and we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. Uh, we're released under Creative Commons license. Go to craftyradio.com for more information. Yes. Basically, you can copy us whatever you want as long as you attribute us, and you can't sell it. That's all it means. And yeah, Jeff is playing around with his thingies <laughs> and his balls. Whoa, that was cool. No one's gonna hear that because you make it mono, but that was cool. The stereo. Yeah. Well, you know, we didn't start the fire, but I do suspect Billy Joel did. So <laughs> blame Billy Joel for all of your information. Thank you for listening again, and we'll see you next time. Later.